Welcome to Being Human. This week, I'm delighted to say that Catherine B. Roy is my guest. Uh, we connected through a list that's run by a follow, fellow podcaster. I've now read your book, Live From Your Heart and Mind. Uh, and now it gives me great pleasure to have you on the show. Welcome. Thank you so much. Pleasure is all mine. Thank you. Thank you. And well, maybe let's start there. Let's, let's start with, with the book. Um, yes, Live From Your Heart and Your Mind. So give us a little bit about the, the genesis for this, for this book. Well, actually, it's, it's a system for emotional and intellectual development. I was working on it more than 10 years before it became a book. I created a system for people to increase their emotional intelligence and intelligence. But on a very funny and interesting way, through a kind of a formulas and algorithms they can play with. So uh, basically, it is said to uh, get us on the point of our highest potential if we use it and practice it, so that we can operate much uh, faster, think much faster, uh, bring more better decisions, and of course, be emotionally stable because we can be successful completely if we're not completely fulfilled, right? What I didn't expect, actually, is that when I was publishing my book, Brian McGill, uh, who is a huge influencer, actually uh, endorsed me for the book. And my book became a bestseller on its release day. So that was like, wow. <laughs> That's about it. Well, you did, when you talk in the in the in the book about setting goals, was that one of your goals? Had you, had you been grateful in the present for having a bestseller on its release? Was- yeah, I had I had that notebook, and on on one side I write goals, on the left side I write I'm grateful now when I already have that, and everything left from one to another side. So yeah, yeah, I'm geek. I did that really. <laughs> Well, yeah, and I mean, I've heard, I've heard this before, and you know, I've always kind of taken that little, some of that stuff with a little bit of a grain of salt. And you know, I've watched the secret, and for those listening, you know, they may have watched that video, which is about the, the power of, of, of visualizing, visualizing, and, and being grateful for our life. But it sounds like you've 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 had real results with this, right? Yeah, yeah, I had real results because I'm kind of a scientific person and uh, secret wasn't enough for me. Something was missing over there. It was like mumble jumble. So I went a little deeper, you know, and I was investigating a little bit about <laughs> quantum physics and Nikola Tesla and what's going on. So basically it's an energy and every thought has an energy and if we have positive thought and we believe and feel that it will release positive energy in the world and then uh basically uh, situations people who we need will just come at least the same that case in my that's in my case and i was really practicing it like like when you go to gym and you practice every day something i was really doing that and really, it gave me great results in just three years. Three years, everything exploded. Right. And, and on the one hand, we, we might look at something like the secret is mumbo-jumbo. And yet, on the other hand, of course, we set goals. We talk about having a vision in business. It's, it's actually part of everyday lexicon in terms of how we manage teams and, and people. So people are clearly doing this for a, for a reason. Yeah, basically, well, it's not enough, as I said. Of course, you need to have a business strategy and you need to have like serious plan and business model canvas and all of that to, you know, get where you want to be. But this is like a beautiful add-on to what you are doing because you are then in alignment with your purpose. You feel more human. You are more fulfilled. And you get little goals and when you get a little goal you feel better and then next goal and next goal and next and then you just you know as better you feel better results you will get especially if you uh, make other people who work with you feel good that's like magic and do you think this this pairing of the goal with writing in the present tense i'm grateful for xyz is an important part of connecting into the feeling. Is is that right? Is that why we do that? Well, actually, uh, I I uh, I I think I even wrote that. That I think that smart mechanism for setting goals is not enough. Uh, I call it fly smart because if you know how to 
fly plane, but if you don't that perfectly fine, you will crash. So what I would, smart mechanism is perfect, but emotions are missing there. So a fly actually means feel, live in you. So you need to feel like you already achieved that. You need to, you need to do that. And you need to live like you already have that. Someone calls that fake it until you make it. But actually, if you, if you get into that picture, like you already have it, it's just naturally that one day you will, you will have it. No, so it's not enough. And and even more important thing, um, our thoughts, our emotions, feelings, words, and actions must be in alignment. Yeah, and that was something I got from reading the book. Actually, was that I'm I'm familiar with a lot of these ideas, and I've always been pretty good at the visualization part of it. But the but the connecting to the feeling is I've always struggled with, and I've done a lot of actually emotional work on myself since the last time I was you know, watch the secret or, or became familiar with these ideas. And I actually found doing it again, I found it much easier to get into the feeling of it and, and sort of jump around as if it, as if it were true in the present and, and feel good. Um, so it'd be interesting for me actually to see if that makes a difference now that I'm finding it easier to marry the feeling with the, the sort of intellectual and visual process of, of the goal setting. Well, actually, if you feel good, I mean, that's good. <laughs> if you don't feel good, maybe that's not your goal. That's what I usually say people, because that should come naturally, you know. Um, basically, I make a distinction be- between feelings and emotions. That's very huge distinction. Uh, love is a feeling. And for example, if you have fight with someone you love, you are angry, that's emotion. But that's actually feeling processed through your mind. So the key is mindset. And changing the mindset is the most uh, powerful and the most needed thing we all have to do because we need to clear mind so that emotion when it feeling when it goes through mind doesn't become a destructive emotion but creative one and that's the point we don't need and we shouldn't react we should respond and that's the power of the character and the mindset which is healthy that actually can transform that you know so practically changing the mind and how we see things will change our everyday life. Right, right. Um, and you talk a lot about, well, you talk about having done these 21 stretch uh, meditation days and doing it with, with Oprah and um, Deepak Chopra. So is that part of this? Is this important for you, the meditation aspect? Well, uh, I did that challenge and I did now when they did like 15, 15 days ago, but it's not needed if someone doesn't feel he or she is in alignment with that because uh, our brain is organ for survival. And actually every mechanism like fear or destruction or procrastination or stress are just signs that we are doing something new or something that it's not in alignment with our purpose. And if we get that, uh, like, uh, be aware of that, then we can easily transform our mind. That's the point. So uh, meditation is just one tool which actually stops billions and billions of thoughts in our brain. But not everyone can do yoga and not everyone can do meditation. So what I actually made up or invented is just physically stop the brain. Okay. So you need like, I call it allergen breathing exercise. It's very easy. It's so simple and it's so basic. Just breathe in for seven seconds and breathe out seven seconds. Why? Because it's physically hard and your brain will switch from any kind of, you know, mind or thoughts in that moment just to get air and you will basically stop it for to to do anything and when you stop it you are in the alpha state of mind and when you are in the alpha state of mind you basically get the same results like you get in uh 20 minutes of meditation for just a few minutes of the exercise so you breathe for seven seconds i kind of breathe in for seven and hold it Seven seconds. Yeah, yeah. No, the the inhale needs to last seven seconds. Like that's very intense and very hard. And then breathe out slowly for seven seconds. Everything you will feel like, you know, 
it's it's very hard but you don't think about anything it just stops because wait i need air <laughs> right and that puts you into an alpha state yes and that helps you to that ha- helps you to manifest actually you can easily connect to your source and you easily can do visualizations and manifestations and manifestation is uh, people kind of joke with me. They call me the queen of manifestation. I just say I will do that and it happens. But I practice this breathing exercise every day. And I really do uh, visualization and manifestation every day with the same, uh, exactly the same idea, the same things that will happen. Until Oprah d- does interview with me, I will not stop. <laughs> just to let her know. <laughs> Right, so that's currently something you're manifesting. Uh, one of the things, yeah. One of the things, okay. <laughs> and you talk about, you know, you talk about being on the, getting a seat on the bus. That that really happened. Yes, <laughs> that happens every time. Uh, the seat on the bus and the parking place. It's kind of a crazy thing. I was visiting my friend and. Uh, it was it was crowded bus and I said I'll come here someone will just stand up and she was like oh, again you with those things and I just approach and the guy stands up and I sit down I mean that's that's like a usual thing but I have that in my subconscious mind always I don't even do a visualization about that or anything I just I just know everywhere I go there is a parking place for me. And every time I step in the bus, someone will stand up. And that's like a belief. That's the point. That's the mindset. The changed belief. Like, I don't complain. I just know that will happen. I was in Madrid now in May on one conference. And uh, there was that touristic bus which goes around and show you everything. And it was crowded. And one, one of the speakers, she was with me. And there were no Facebook for us. And I just said, okay, come. And the guy stands up and we sit down. So every single time. You see, this is where I imagine part of my audience are going to be like, WTF, you know, who has Richard got on? This sounds, this sounds crazy. Yeah, but um, then they, check, they should go to my website and check the results and think again. <laughs> I don't have a problem with that. <laughs> And I must admit, I've tried some of this before. And uh, yeah, like I say, I, I think that perhaps part of the thing that was that, that was worth me exploring again is is this idea of how much can I connect it to my to my feeling, yes, and and, uh, and and emotion because that was definitely something that was missing before. So it's um, it, and I got that from the book. I also tried your laughter thing. The, <laughs> tell us about the the laughter technique. Yeah, well, everything you do for 21 days, it becomes a habit, okay? So what I say to people who are just don't, they don't feel good or anything when when we do, or to my friends, just laugh with no reason for five minutes every day. And they were like looking at me. But just do that, you know? I mean, if you go to gym uh, and practice every single day one thing for 21 days, it will be so easy after that period, okay? It will just become a habit and you will just start to laugh. I, w- I wish to share a little bit of my story for those people who, who might say this is, um, you know, um, nothing. Okay, so uh, very, very shortly. I come from a very dysfunctional family. I survived war in ex-Yugoslavia. I lived in basements. I was bombed for 78 days. I didn't have water or food. I graduated and ended up sick. Uh, They were telling me that I will live just a year and a half. I've healed in monastery, uh, perfectly healthy. Uh, Then they diagnosed me with sterility, told me I will not be a mom. Uh, they did uh, several operations in, vit- in vitro procedures. Nothing helped. I did what I do, what I just explained, and I'm a mom of a two and a half years old son. And upon all of that, I'm CEO and founder and global thought leader and best-selling author, and I have incredible online presence and very successful business. So from one girl who was very shy, who was living in fear all life, 
who was just lost completely, she went through all of that and uh, not even diagnosis were, you know, uh, stopping me in that. But I did all of this by using the power of meditation, visualization, manifestation, and the positive energy, which I definitely stand for as a scientist, that frequency attracts the same frequency, and we can create life any way we want, because if I did that from the basement with no food and water, then no one have the excuse not to be able to do that. Right. And and it was, you know, and you powerfully share your, your story in the book. Uh, and in fact, I resonated with some of it because you talked about having a father who was alcoholic and, and angry. And my, my father was, uh, didn't have a drink problem, but certainly had some anger issues growing up. And I kind of, I, did, I really resonated with that sort of sense of fear and never quite knowing yeah. what's going to happen. And, and yeah, to, talk a little bit about sort of specifically what aspects of your approach have helped you with, with that in particular. Dealing with your childhood there? Well, um, my childhood actually left a huge emotional emptiness in myself. And um, I was very shy and very uh, quiet girl because I always actually was afraid to go home or anything. I, I just didn't know what will happen the next day. I mean, I can't say that he was alcoholic, but he was very violent if he has a drink, let's say it that way. And living in that environment for 19 years has extreme pressure. And I was lucky enough to be selected in high school to go to scientific center as one of the talented kids. So I worked with a lot of psychologists there because I was on linguistics and psychology. And I realized there is something in me which actually has the value, which practically my family never recognized. And I started to recognize that in myself. As, and I published my first scientific work when I was just 17 years old. But then bombing started. So again, I was faced with, with incre incredible fear. That's fear. You don't know if you will live the next day. You, you have no idea. You, you go to sleep and you, you just don't know if you will wake up. So I basically created my system to e eliminate all negative feelings in 10 aspects of our life. So fears, distractions, procrastination, anger, um, uh, relationship issues, everything that it's connected to that. And if we go further, domestic violence, bullying, anxiety and depression, unhappiness in work, I, I have some statistical data on my website. It's incredible, like half of the planet has that issue. And that's what my system is doing, fixing the holes in our hearts, which we have from our childhood or our, I don't know, teenage years or something like that, healing that practically and making us believe that we really can create something. And I am just living my truth and I'm just <laughs> a living example that it works because I wrote it from my experience and my experience was... Uh, if I could choose it again, I definitely wouldn't choose that kind of a life <laughs> until now. <laughs> right. And, and so for you, what, does the, what form does this healing take? Well, uh, I start with establishing balance because basically uh, if we're not in alignment with ourselves and our true purpose, then we just don't know what we are doing here. And I mean, <laughs> you go to work, you do something, you get paid, you pay bills and what? I mean, that's not life. I don't, I don't, after all these experiences, that's just not life for me. So the first thing is to create balance. And that balance means that I know who I am. I know why I'm here and what I'm meant to do. And I'm going to do that the best way I can do that in alignment with my heart and my mind. And that's why my book is called Live From Your Heart and Mind, because it's establishing the connection, clear the mindset, 
and heal the emotional problems and then connect that. And now when you ask how you heal that, it depends on what is the problem. For example, a love algorithm would straightly give you the course if your love relationship and your love life are on the right path or not. But not everyone has that problem. Someone has problem with establishing uh, healthy human relationships with other people or, I don't know, solving problems and overcoming obstacles. So for every of those parts, there is a specific algorithm and specific formula which should be implemented. And then we, we need time to do that. But it definitely worked. I, I tested it. I created it for 10 years and I tested it a long, long, long period. And uh, my last survey, 200 people responded on my survey, which had 45 questions. So you seriously need to answer those questions. And in the scale of one to five, every aspect of the book was rated from 4.14 to 4.5 as a need to heal those aspects. So basically all of the algorithms and formulas were very needed. And then I published the book. Before that, no. <laughs> and have you got any plans to take this into the scientific realm? Is that on your radar to do that? Well, basically I incorporated science already as, as much as I, as I could. I've connected with uh, several professors and doctors from USA who are actually neurologists, and I will have several more podcasts about that because uh, people have, suffer from dyslexia or mental disorder or something like that. And those are fields which I'm not expert in, but they believe that my system could help them because it's very easy. So definitely I plan to uh, make some kind of cooperation with them and see what they can bring into the light because, you know, of the very serious scientific aspect that I'm touching here. And uh, as not being a, a doctor or neurologist or whatever, I just can say what worked for me, but that doesn't mean it will work for people who are in minus. I like to say that I'm helping people who are zero and plus. And for people who are under the zero, they need they need therapists or psychologists or something more serious than my system is. Oh, okay. So yeah, that, that that's interesting because I was because I I found that um that some of these these types of modalities had worked for me in certain aspects of my life, but there was definitely some some of let's say my addiction issues where I had to go I had to go much deeper uh, mm -hmm. and work and. And in that realm, healing melts meant something quite different, um, uh, and uh, a lot of a lot of sort of deep grieving of some of my early experiences. Um, so, so yeah. So it's interesting you say. That, yeah. I went through that too. I mean, if, if nowadays you can't admit that something there is something you need to heal and you can't ask for help, then you definitely need even more help. So I, 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 I do. I have coaches. I have mentors. I have therapists. I mean, uh, I work on my day every every day. I, I work on myself every day, and that's that's the best way that someone can show you the way and help you go and not just you know be on your own and trying to solve your problems and just get stuck. Why? You don't have time. And definitely my experiences show me that I maybe don't have much time. So I'm rushing everything. <laughs> well, and that is because of your early diagnosis and, you know, the bombing and the, the, yeah, is that I mean, like feeling that death is close or something? Or? I'm very close to that. Now we're friends. Like, okay, when you want to come, you just come. I'm cool with that. <laughs> Something, I'm joking now, but something seriously changed my perspective. I'm living every day to not regret the previous one. So whatever happens in this moment, I'm happy, satisfied and fulfilled because I didn't leave anything undone. I am uh, working practically. I have long-term plans, of course, but I'm working day per day. And whatever happens, I did my best. And that's it. Like, I don't regret absolutely anything. I had so many regrets. And in one moment, after I read Robin Sharma, uh, Leader Without No Title, Without a Title, I just called all those people. 
and I apologized and I uh, went back to places where I made mess. We all made mess, I mean. Uh, and I, 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 it was, it was a kind of a sweet. I saw those people were very surprised because they never expected something like that from me. And actually, it made me feel better. So I cleaned my past, even with my ex-lovers. I mean, I, I definitely made mess there too. So <laughs> I needed to clean that too. After that cleaning, I can grow. Before that, it's very hard to grow if you, if you have something on your back. Right, right. Uh, and that form took the, took the form of, of making amends, saying what, what, was, what did clearing up the mess look like? What was? What did what did that look like? Clearing up the mess, you know. What? what uh, how did that work? Well, I, I knew what hurts me. I knew. I knew that I did. I mean, I didn't do anything on purpose. But for example, relationship with my father. I mean, that's very. And he is my father. What I learned is that we are getting born from a specific parents, so that we need to learn specific lessons. And what I learned from him is definitely that egocentric people will stay alone. And from my mom, that you can't be for everyone because you just drain your energy. You have to be in between. And I need, for example, to heal myself with both of them. It was very stressful to talk to them and to open up. But it helped. We don't have issues anymore. I said that was that, that was the past. I apologize for doing this and that. But you need to apologize too. And they were like, what? <laughs> but they did. They uh-huh. did. And we, we kind of make that. And you, you feel relieved. You don't have that pain, like not so much anymore. And then you can grow. Before you you have pain, I mean, that's like when you plant a seed in the toxic ground, it will not give you, you know, if you want an apple tree and you put the seed in the toxic ground. But if you clean the ground and then you plant the apple tree, then you will have juice at the end. Right, right. Yeah, no, I like the the metaphor. so we talked a lot about the, the, the emotional element here. You talk about IQ training and, and, and you seem to make the case that it is because everything I'd read before your book and the conversation we had before this podcast was your IQ is kind of fixed when you get, reach early adulthood and you're, you're kind of stuck with it, right? You know, and, and there's not a lot really you can do about it. And some of these sort of IQ training apps have been debunked in the, in the press and so on, but, but you're claiming that it, it's possible to improve your IQ. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, as a geek and a Mensa member, <laughs> uh, so I want people to take me seriously sometimes. <laughs> Although I'm blonde, my IQ is uh, over 156 and it can be measured further. So I understood that I have a talent. Some people know how to sing. Some people know how to paint. I, I don't know that. I, I mean, I have some other talent. And I was researching a lot and I, and I understood that I never failed an exam. I uh, get things like a million times more faster than other people. I bring decisions on the table much more faster. I, am, I was always different. And I was afraid of that because you know what was happening in my personal life? For example, my, my friend, she started dating a guy, okay? And right away, I see that will not last longer than three months because he is like. And the problem was that I see that, but she doesn't see that or similar things, you know. So I sit down and said, OK, girl, what's, what's going on? I mean, I didn't know my IQ test results. You, you are kind of different. And everyone were asking me, I mean, you never failed an exam? No. And that was like natural for me. So I sat down and I wrote what I'm doing and people were in shock because I actually had a system and I had no idea that I have, that I have a system. Then I started to research and I met one neurologist again, Dr. Ranko Raivich. He is in Mensa community, community of international. Uh, and he actually developed a system for IQ development for kids. 
And I was learning from him about IQ development with kids. He invented the kind of games. And uh, until three years, kid, kid has 100% of capacity of brain. And that's genetics. Uh, until seven years, 75%. Until 12 years, just 2%. So from 10 years until now, we have just 2% of brain, which we can further develop. And how we develop our brain by establishing new neural connections uh, in our mind. And how we are doing that by learning new things every day by doing new things every day. And what I like to say on PISA tests, for example, Chinese and Japanese have the greatest results. PISA tests are tests for functional learning. And uh, national economies, which have high results on PISA tests, they have high GDP. So it's very much in alignment. And then we started to investigate why they have that and we don't have that. Because they have a pictorial letter, they have thousands and thousands and thousands of those symbols they need to remember. And we have like 28 or 30 letters which we combine. So their brain is developed. They can multiply uh, uh, six millions, multiply with six million like this, because he creates some kind of dots in his mind. And those Chinese kids, they were showing us that. They are playing with that. It's called abacus. I had no idea. So then I, I was talking to, to that professor and, and one more, uh, and I asked, okay, so what we can do for, for us? I mean, if we have the potential, what we can do? And he said, well, the games, like with kids. And that's how I developed my games, hiding up the information and leading you through funny questions until you change the perspective of how you view things and open your mind for a new perspective. And then you will see how you can use that in everyday life and actually increase your IQ. Not so much like you could when you were a child, but definitely yes. Okay. Um, that's, uh, and, and is, is this, and, and, the professor that you mentioned, is he, has he taken this forward and tried any of it with adults? Or as far as you're aware, are you the only one kind of playing with this and, and seeing if you can get results? Uh, well, he, he very seriously does that with kids. And, and yes, he is very aware of, of the, the IQ training. And uh, actually, if you want, we can, we can try something, something funny. So you will see how it, how it ends up. Uh, okay. But it will not be a question from my book, so you will not know <laughs> the answer. <laughs> Would you like to try? Oh yes, yeah. But it will be it will be completely different. Okay, I will ask you some questions about, for example, Van Gogh, the painter, uh, and you just say anything it comes to your mind. Just don't don't think if it is correct information or not. And I, then I will give you the information. Even I don't know if my information is correct, but you will see what will happen, okay? So, uh, how old was Van Gogh when he cut off his ear? I'd have to guess, 25. 35. 25. Why, 35, guess. yeah. Why he did that? Uh, God, I'm trying to remember the story. Um, something, wasn't it? Didn't it relate to a lover? Wasn't it sort of some kind of way to, to, to make a lover feel bad? Something like that? His brother got married and he was afraid that he would stay alone. Who was taking care of him? Um, just say very fast. Just say. Okay. Okay. His mother. <laughs> no, his brother. <laughs> okay. How, how many paintings he sold during the life? Uh, 50. Just one. To who? His brother. To his brother. What was the name of the painting? Uh, I don't know. Uh, the, <laughs> the ear. <laughs> Red vineyards. Okay. When was the first exhibition of his paintings? Where was? Oh, Paris? Yes, in Paris. Who who did that for him? His brother. His brother's wife. 
Okay. And when she did that? Uh, when he was... When, when he was 35? When he died. When he died, right. Okay, so we go again. How old was he when he cut off his ear? Thirty-five. Who took care of him? His brother. Why he cut his ear? Because he didn't want to be alone. Uh, when was the first exhibition of his paintings? When he died. Where? In Paris. Who did that for him? His brother's wife. How many paintings he sold during his life? One. To who? His brother. What was the name of the painting? Uh, red, red Vineyards. You know everything. <laughs> yeah, it's extraordinary, actually. Yes, I do. <laughs> you know everything, you see? And now, tomorrow, you know how to tell the story about Van Gogh. And if you read that, you would know just maybe two to information, but this way you, you you answered correctly on all of my questions. You see? <laughs> That's extraordinary, actually. <laughs> yeah, and I've always considered myself somebody who hasn't got a, a fantastic memory, so. Yeah, you see, you have it, <laughs> just you didn't use it. That's the point, and people don't I, use it. They're not aware. Okay, so when I haven't got you, you know, on my shoulder grilling me, how do I, how do I apply that technique in my life? Uh, this one? Yeah. Practically anything that you need to learn, uh, you should just uh, form in the, in the form of questions and not in the form of repetition. Uh, when we learn something, we read and we try to remember and we try to repeat. That's completely wrong. What we need is the association. An association can be in the form of question or in the form of a painting or something that we will connect with that or in the form of a story. And then it just unfolds in front of you. So uh, this is, for example, this is very good for students because uh, when they have a lot of to learn and they try to remember everything and to repeat, the results are very low. But every single exam and I graduated with the highest marks, I did like this. I was making story. When I read something and it was extremely boring because it was economics, then, <laughs> then I create a story and then I go to, to, you know, to exam and professor asked me something and then I start to laugh because my story was, I was going to the shop and I was buying bread and, and no one knows what, what the hell I'm talking about, but actually I know what is behind it. So this is a perfect way to learn anything, especially difficult things. And the IQ questions which you read in my book are different and they are meant to open up the new perspective and to make us think about objects and associations and to, you know, remember information much, much longer. Right. Um, that's useful. And you developed this system yourself? Yes. When you were a, when you were a kid and then, yeah. You're now taking it out to the well, world. Actually, in the scientific center, because I was in the scientific center and in the high school at the same time. So I needed uh, like very fast way to do both things at the same time, because it was impossible for one person to do that. And I was mathematical department in the high school, and I was linguistical researcher in the scientific center. So that's completely not connected. And uh, in the scientific center, I worked with college professors and with doctors, and I was just 15 years old. So they showed me a lot of things and how to do that. And then I made like what works for me and everything else. But afterwards. Yeah. And I read uh, you, were, you were working on fake news before fake news was, uh, was hot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> devised a, a mechanism for understanding whether there was a deception in text, right? Yes. I actually created a system so that you can dis the discover if there is and what is the quantitative percentage of manipulation in the information which is presented to you because there are rules. 
And if they break rules and they do that in marketing and for TV broadcasts and all of that, they are trying to manipulate you. And I can see that right basically on two sentences. So if someone calls me and try to sell something to me, I'm already, you know, because I know what you are doing. <laughs> Just stop. <laughs> Don't go there. <laughs> Although, although you also talk in the book about a couple of times when you've um, been defrauded by in, in business uh, deals. So uh, what happened there? You're... Yes, I am a very naive person. I was. I'm not anymore. <laughs> I learned the lesson. But honestly, I um, very easily opened my heart and trust people because I'm form of that energy and I just I just can't be untrustful and it's very it was very difficult for me to have a serious contract on table and to do business like just do business I'm not even now doing business just for business I am much more in the human field than in that I have several business partners and all of them tried to use me and everything that I, I have created and I didn't you know spotted that on time but for example one situation when I was talking to investor who was about to invest in my company uh, it ended up that my ex-business partner and the investor um, had a deal behind my back uh, so if we go 50-50 and you bring in someone who will linearly, you know, put me down for 10% and you go with him, so you have 60 and I have 40, my face is everywhere, but you rule over everything. So, yes. So now I am much more serious in all of that. And, uh, I mean, just life needs to teach you that not all people are to be trusted, right? Mm. And, and but you talk specifically about applying one of your algorithms to when you were in that position, right? And looking at what it was with you that was having this con recur in your life. Oh yes, yes, because <laughs> the way how you value th things and and what is what is the specific. Um, <laughs> how can I now go with that through this story? Do you mean uh, about the relationship algorithm or about the value algorithm? Uh, yeah. I think it's the combination because this this is, uh, this story is very emotional for me and it's very specific. So I kind of uh, you know go go back right away and I, I don't feel good. <laughs> anyway, so the first thing you have to ask is, uh, do you have a good relationship with with someone? Uh, no matter if it is like a business relationship, a friendship, or real love relationship uh, and if you don't you need to go deeper and to see what's happening inside of you why you triggered that why you attracted that person and why that person is, is in your life what does he or she needs to teach you so uh, it hurts because you need to look inside of yourself and you need to find not that person is the guilty one, but yourself, because you accepted him as a partner. You accepted to work with him. So what was wrong there? Why him? Why you didn't go deeper? Why you wasn't serious at that moment? Okay. So when you realize that, you will understand the patterns you have in your life in other relationships. And then it will become clear that there is a lesson that you need to learn about that. It is repeating, it is painful until one day it stops to be painful and it stops to repeat because you finally understood what's the point of that. And when you do that, then you will go, ah, oh, I will never repeat that mistake again. Okay, so in this case, I basically was happy that I discovered that on time because I would lose everything I have created. And why him? and why the previous partner was the same, and why my ex-boyfriend was the same. Because I didn't believe in myself. I had fears. I had no idea what I was doing. I was insecure. And I realized that 
I worked on myself, I healed that, I built trust in myself, I understood that I'm enough. And I mean, never ever a person like that ever came into my life. Just they just search their energies, not mine. Now people like you who are positive, who are doing positive impact, who are making a difference, who want to do something and to create in life are the only people who come to my life. And those guys are just fast. <laughs> and I think that is such a powerful point. And and yeah, I, I know it from my from my own life. Whenever I'm whenever I'm finding myself bumping into the the same individual or and having the same argument or the, or a similar argument with a different person, whenever I manage to catch myself and ask myself, you know, why am I getting drawn into this situation? Why do I keep getting pulled into? Yes, and then and then another person comes and again comes the similar situation because we need to learn from that and stop that process. It's it's again energy. It's completely the same energy. I mean, if you if you go back and look your love life, you will definitely find a pattern and everything that's, you know, repeating, repeating, repeating until you just realize that and you change your behavior and not expecting from other person to change behavior. That is, that is I think, a, yeah, a golden point there, right? Complete ownership. Right. Complete ownership. Yeah, yeah. Because you can change yourself, but changing other person, it just it will not give the long term results. Because yeah. if you don't love that person as he or she is, really, then what's for? I mean, that's not the person for you. It's better to be alone. Yeah, and then I've certainly found in my life that I've then seen those people who, at the time, have infuriated me as, as gifts, right? Yeah, it could yeah. help me learn and heal something in myself that I needed. And I believe we attract people for that very reason. Yes, definitely. We attract people. And when I realized all this and when I healed, seriously, and my friend who is a coach also, like I am, she says, but they come to me, I'm doing personal branding and they need psychologists. And I'm like, because you attract them. <laughs> and, and she goes again, you with that. But, uh, but try to change your perspective and your message. And you will get people who, who need personal branding and not psychologists. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And ask yourself, why? Why am I attracting these people? What is it in me that's attracting them? That's such a powerful question. Yes. Um, okay. Um, is there anything else in the in the book that you know I've not touched on, or you think is important for for, for uh, my listeners here? Um, well, actually, uh, there is just one thing I mentioned: the love algorithm, and I didn't even understand how deep I went until I wrote something based on love algorithm. It was a quote, and that quote reached 1.2 million on Facebook in just seven hours. So because I know that love can be very touchy thing. And as much as I am a business coach, also people just say, talk about love, talk about love, talk about love. I would say that uh, people should get, uh, get to know the love algorithm because it will open completely new perspective and the pain which we have from all the past experiences, which, you know, just show up in front of us we will understand what was the difficulty but from ourselves what what i wish to say there are no two same persons on this planet and the same advice to you and to me will not give the same result that's why i've created the algorithms so you can go and answer questions on your own way there is no a therapist or a doctor or anyone who can say you do this and you also do this and it will be fine for both of you it will not not even the same medicament will give the same result but what i'm making is making you believe in yourself and answering those questions honestly to yourself and then algorithm will lead you and algorithm will tell you this is the mistake and you should kill this and then you go to other algorithm. Oh, sorry, to other algorithm which actually covers that mistake. I plan to make an application 
for that because it's kind of a game to go here and there and to develop your story. So it will be much easier for people to to use it and to to uh, just have it with them every day to solve problems to you know any kind of difficult situation or something like that. What was the quote? Oh, the quote was uh, the only absolute truth is that I am the only person who will spend the entire lifetime with myself. There is no guarantee that anyone else will. So if I want to have a good relationship with another person, first I need to have a good relationship with myself. Beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well... um... Thanks again for your time, uh, and I'll I'll put the the book up on the on the screen for people who are watching. Um, live from your heart and mind, and that has all of the algorithms that we've spoke about uh, in this show and more, as well as your your personal story, Catherine. Um, there's also the website. Um, can you share the the URL for people? Yes, uh, website is catherineburoy.com, and there they will see a lot more about my system. Uh, about my coaching, personal growth, and for business, and all the services which we do, everything that I practically have de- developed. And also on all social networks, they can find me as Catherine Biroy. Um, I mean, someone someone actually took the Facebook URL with, with my name, and I needed to create a new one. So I, I had no idea that's possible, but <laughs> I was trying to make it. So it's fb.me uh, slash I am Catherine Leroy because someone just uh, thought it was nice to have my URL. <laughs> and of course, coming soon, your appearance with Oprah. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Okay. Well, thank you once again. It's been a wonderful conversation. And uh, yeah. I'm very grateful. Thank you so much for this uh, because I really wish to share a story with people and to give them hope and love and everything they need to develop themselves as I did, honestly from my heart. And uh, this was a pleasure for me too. Thank you. Okay. And we'll put all of those links in the description for the show. Thank you. The Being Human podcast was brought to you by First Human. For more on First Human's human-focused coaching and leadership programs, head to firsthuman.com.